Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Palmer and Greg Laux from Run of the Mill String Band. I got to know them at my first clifftop back in 2014 when I gave their son's friend a ride and ended up camping with them. I remember sitting in on a jam with them and uh, not being able to keep up. Uh, Palmer has a taste for noty melodies with less internal repetition than your typical old-time tune. Uh, basically, kryptonite for a banjo player like me who likes to match a fiddler note for note. Uh, fortunately, she gave me the tunes in advance, so I had quite the homework session preparing for this interview. Um, and I still play a lot of these tunes uh, since we recorded this, especially the first one, Flowers of Edinburgh, which is beautiful and very interesting. And in the process of learning it, I think I became a better banjo player and maybe old-time musician in general. Um, make sure to stick around after the interview to find out where Palmer and Greg are playing next and how to order all their CDs and download all their music. Also, details on how to support Get Up in the Cool and get exclusive members-only content like this week's bonus track, Blue River, which is one of the best bonus tracks yet featured on the show. You gotta hear it. Let's get started. Here's my interview and jam with Palmer and Greg Lauks. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
oh boy. You make me work so hard. Yeah, oh my goodness. It's a beautiful tune. I gotta process that for a minute. <laughs> um, Palmer and Greg Lugs. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Welcome to our home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Welcome, welcome usually, to our living room. Usually how the intros to these goes is like, welcome to my show and thanks for letting me in your house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we got some really, really awesome tunes uh, that you guys chose for today. Um, that have all the notes. That's what we were just talking. We were just talking about your sort of sensibilities for old time. There's a lot of, it's a wide genre, but you really like very melody heavy tunes. Driven tunes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that too. This is, this is a lot of fun and uh, it keeps me on my toes. These aren't trance tunes. <laughs> um, they can be yeah. trancey, but <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe if I've been, if, if I play these for a while longer and get get them really under my fingers, then I can just relax. But it was a it was a fun adrenaline rush trying to <laughs> trying to keep up with you two. <laughs> I bet those are fun chords to play too. Yeah, yeah it, it's uh, as we were talking, uh, uh, Art Galbraith and uh, Gordon McCann uh, spent years and years together, and they came up with a very unique approach. <laughs> And uh, it, it, for me, it's not very intuitive. So to listen to Gordon McCann, you just play what he plays and you'll be fine. Yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's my you approach. Can, you can always tell when a, a fiddler and a guitarist mm-hmm. have been uh, have been playing together for a while mm-hmm. because uh, the yes. guitarist uh, has... Has freedom. You can tell if the guitarist, like, you know, is is uh, doing some interesting things, and like that, it's like a mutually beneficial relationship musically. Mm. Uh, well, it makes it it makes it very special when you feel like you can trust somebody yeah. a lot. And yeah. and if you don't if you don't like what's happening when you're first learning the tune, when I first learn a tune, yeah, I learn it on my own. But yes. it's very important. When I'm when I'm when it's just coming together, when it's just starting to come together, the real test is: can I play it with Greg? I mean, yes. I, and can I stay in rhythm? And can I, you know? And even if it's you know, you don't have all of the notes, but you yes. have the feeling of the tune. That's yes. that's what's really important: is the feeling of the tune. And and then the chords get can get discussed, and then they it can. But I'm not, you know, I'm one to say, well, it's you know, I need something else there. But yes. I, I'm not I'm not one to say, well. I want a, an E minor there. I want. Yes. A, I want. You know, here's the note that I'm doing. Here's right. here's here's where I'm going. But then, Greg will say, "Well, here's what I'm hearing. Yeah, here's totally. the passing tone. Mm-hmm. Here's here's what's happening in the bass." So then, but it is. It's very collaborative, and you know, you know, music is a has has been a tremendous blessing for for us in our lives. You yeah. know, for more than 33 years because we started playing music together you know, before we were married and, and it's carried us through and we have five wonderful children and they've been toted along to festivals and yeah. they've been in the living room when music was going on and um, they, they, they've known what it's about and they all, they, they can all play, you know, they're, so it's, it's been wonderful. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's take it back a little bit. Like how did, how did you first meet? You've been playing music together for so long. Was it through music? Something else? Uh, it was, it through, was music, through music. And um, we were actually introduced at the Philadelphia Folk Festival. I was there, um, uh, you know, like probably for the day. I don't, I don't think I was camping. But uh, we were actually introduced by a friend of Greg's who said, you know, I've, I've got the perfect guy for you. And <laughs> he's a guitar player. And... Um, 
but we didn't really, you know, we didn't play music at that at that festival. It, you know, it was later. But um, yeah, you know, music mm. was so important to me that yeah. you know I really had to find somebody who would love the music in me because it was so it was it was just so in there, you know. Well, it's funny how like when you're. Uh... <laughs> I'm just, I'm just getting a little bit like emotional hearing your story. It's just really sweet. Uh, it's funny, like when you're talking about music, like let's say, for instance, you're talking about like where a chord goes, uh, all of the implications of that, it starts getting philosophical really quickly. And then you realize you're talking about more than like just music. You're like, you're really relating and talking about, you start talking about your values, I think, when you're talking about where you think beat one is, <laughs> you know, and like, I, I can tell that, you know, uh, that sort of communication is, like, rare, period, rare in, like, relationships and even more rare in music. So it's mm -hmm. really neat to it's see this holistic picture of being mm -hmm. in your home, listening to you play. I'm going to taste just, your cooking a little I just a little feel later. like <laughs> the walls of this house hold so much, you yeah. know, so much music and yeah. a lot of laughter and yeah, there's know, also the, a lot of footsteps know. and less profound perspective which is we know we're going to play it again so we might as well hammer it out yeah. now <laughs> yes. so let's, let's, let's get let's, it right before so, we show so, it to other yeah, people exactly. yeah, yeah so that's true so. that's very true that's very true and we really enjoy uh, you know i love i'm drawn to tunes that you know i know i want to play with other people i'm not i'm not somebody who sits in my house and plays I sit in my house and I learn a, a difficult tune, but the, the object is that I will yeah. share it. Like, I will be with other people, people that I, you know, we're so lucky, you know, where we live, that there are just so many good musicians and so many wonderful people to play with. And that's that's been a just a tremendous pleasure. We've actually gone, you know, nine or ten hours away and spent time with people yeah. that we could spend time with at home, which doesn't make sense. But when you're drawn to yeah. yes, mm -hmm. the sound and the, the feeling and the joy and, you know, the people that you know who know yeah. you and know what you like to play. And yeah. um, I'm well, very you, much drawn to tunes that my friends play because I know I want to learn them and play them with them. Yeah. And also, you know, you want to you don't just want to hang out with. Philadelphia area, Pete and Kelly. You want to hang out with Festival Pete and Kelly and <laughs> Walt and Claire, mm -hmm. and you know you want to. I'd hang out with all of those people anywhere. Yeah, yeah. anywhere. Yeah. But it's yeah. like you see yeah. different. You know, I remember like one of the first times that uh, Jane Rothfield like saw me like uh, in the winter. She was like, "You dress really differently." I was like, "Yeah, that's because I've you know." <laughs> taken to shower lately and you know I, I am not in just like a tank top and cutoffs you know like this is how I dress the rest of the year she's like huh very interesting well how about because it's 40 degrees like, yeah, yeah. That would be, you know that would be a significant reason you know, did you uh did you both grow up in the area are you from the Philadelphia area um, I am um, you are yeah um, I, I was uh, born in North Dakota, but my family did move around a lot. Yeah. I would say from the third grade on, I was, you know, in Berwyn and then, yes. um, but in this general area. So yeah. you've, you've been tapped into this, this scene for a very long time. Um, Since about 1979 or 1980. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had, I'm always very curious about, because I'm originally from Oregon and, you know, like, when I came to Philly and started like 
hearing about the folk festival and like the folk song society and you know it's like seems like it's a very established community mm-hmm. uh, community and and culture but it's also changed a lot over the years and i was wondering if you had any like perspective on that like how long has this the festival been going on now it's in its 50s oh my goodness um yeah um actually gene shea does not live too far from here so uh, yeah. but um we played two times i guess we played for what the philly folk festival the f- yeah 40 the second 45th. and the 45th yeah um and i think that was 2003 2006 yeah. so um and i know they had the 50s so they're well into the 50s now but uh so we haven't been in the last few years ourselves but uh but that is you know a great um you know the the event is certainly uh you know substantive but in order to support the event you have a year long community of people yes. getting together playing music and and just uh whatever the genre and and what the folk festival has evolved uh, into is um, you know if you've ever gone you you probably have had the discussion this isn't folk music you know it's like uh, <laughs> what's folk music and you know you hear you know uh, Tuvan throat singers right, and, right, right, and right. Uh, Mongolian you know whatever and African uh, Senegalese uh, rhythms and and uh, world music and yes. and it, it, it's just a tremendous tremendous. Uh, event that brings so much of, of the world to our doorstep and uh, so it's a, a you know wonderful thing and and us representing traditional american music yes. um which you know i could you know um take my um opportunity to say that it's underrepresented at the philly folk festival interesting um and has been historically hmm. um but uh but when they get people to perform old-time music there they get the best yeah so it's so it's good i wish they would have some every year yeah but uh all um, right let's start a change.org petition uh let's play another tune Um, okay what are we gonna play next we're gonna play sail away ladies um and actually this is uh a, a version that uh is more akin to a kenny baker version but it has some J.P. Fraley touches in it yeah. as well. And um, so we'll do that. Thank you. 
that's nice. It's such a pretty tune. Well fiddled. <laughs> Thank you. Thank and you, I, I love what you're doing on that guitar, Greg. I love the... You're doing that do digga do digga 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 That's really cool. along. That's kind of yeah. his thing. Yeah. That's kind of his thing. Yeah, right on. So when you were talking about, you know, being melody-driven, yes. um, when I was first exposed to old-time fiddle music, it was music of western North Carolina. Mm. So it wasn't a Surrey County kind of a sound. Um, yes. And um, it was in like the 1970s or uh, sort of the later 70s. And a friend of mine that I was in, in college with took me to uh, uh, the Fiddler's Grove Festival convention, Fiddler's Convention at, at Union Grove. So that was my, I had been learning some tunes and, you know, just like basically by a book, but not really, I wasn't very osmosed into the music and when I went to this festival now it is a contesty kind of a festival so mm-hmm. you know you heard uh basically contest tunes and yes. you heard and there were some that were more noty than others there were some that you know but that western North Carolina sound there was more of a Kentucky feel to the tune um so that's kind of what struck my ear first yes. and then and drew my ear so um you know I just wanted you to know that yeah very yeah. good no, I spent a lot of time with J.P. Fraley wow. and Bard Ray, um, uh, Marvin Gaster, who is a, a, a very special banjo player. Was he spent a lot of time with me? Nick Hallman, who was a flat picking guitar player, and then later, you know, wanted to do fiddle. He was playing fiddle, but I got a lot of fiddle tunes from those folks. Yeah. yeah. Now, were you a, a classically trained violinist before this? Yes. Yes. I um, I went to school. Um, at uh, in Greenville, South Carolina, and I was a, a majored in music and history. So, yeah. but I I did I had had a lot of orchestral experience and um, and a lot of performing experience. But um, I, and I was very comfortable. You know, when I made a transition to fiddle music, the technical aspects of playing. I know yes. you said you're learning how to play the fiddle now, <laughs> but the technical aspects of playing. How do you hold a bow? How yeah. do you hold a fiddle? How do you pull tone out of an instrument how do you how do you stay in tune um how do you shift around those things were not you know they weren't an issue i already i already had those things but you know just the subtle nuance of phrasing um you know i wanted to go after that and i wanted to go after you know a special feel to the tune and uh um you know i wanted to have a certain rhythmic kind of a quality i mean those things were things that i had to gain you know, things that I yes. had to be exposed to and learn. And how to play, you know, with other people in a, in a different kind of a setting, where which was very casual. and yeah. um, Th- Things you can't transcribe onto a page. No. Did you have to... Uh, so you talked about, like, you know, transitioning from classical mm-hmm. to, uh, to old-time, the things you had to learn. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that you had to unlearn? Were there any, like... Synth- well, the funny thing is that <laughs> when I started playing... Um, uh, there weren't too many women p- playing, and if they did, and if they were playing uh, old-time fiddle music, um, you know, it was it was a very different sound than how the guys were playing. So I remember, I remember that you know, and, and I'm talking about this one particular festival, which I, okay. I told is you know, uh, it's not like the Mount Airy Festival, it's not like Galax, it's not you know, sure. it was sort of its own little uh, its own island. culture, yeah, yeah, its own kind of culture. But I remember somebody saying to me, "Wow." You know, you are really good, and um, but it's a little too pretty. 
Mm. You know, it's a little too pretty. And I'm thinking, oh, well, I guess that'll be too bad because uh, that's that's what I'm hearing. So, yeah. <laughs> and now when I think of what people are doing, you know, the yeah. in, the in sounds of yes. you know uh, you know people playing, they're adding a lot of ornamentation that I took out because of mm. because of that because of that feeling, you know. Yes. And um, but like I said, you know, it's just you know what I think what everybody wants is for a particular fiddler to bring, you know their brand of playing to the yeah. tune and, yeah. and, and color it with their feeling. Yeah. And that's what I would hope to do with the tune. Yeah. Certainly. You certainly do. <laughs> I, think, I think you achieved your goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go to C real quick and okay. um, get into some of these C tunes. And okay. I wanted to ask Greg some questions about okay. how he got involved with this rowdy bunch of old-time players. Tuning break. Here we go. Okay. Uh, so this is the Wagoner Hornpipe, which is an, an Eck Robertson tune, a wonderful Texas fiddler, and actually was brought to our attention by uh, uh, somebody that we very much enjoy playing with, uh, Bill Schmidt, who's an excellent fiddler, but a uh, very unique banjo player, and he said, boy, you would really enjoy this tune. And um, I've learned a lot of tunes that way. From yeah. a banjo player saying, "Boy, she really enjoy this too." <laughs> and I've actually learned a lot of a lot from our banjo player Paul when he, you know, takes something to a different level. I'll, yes. I'll say, "Wow, I, you know, I, I think I want to do that on the fiddle," and I'll try to do it. Learned a lot of tunes from um, when I was early, you know, early on in playing from Lou Therrell, who was a wonderful. Uh, uh, Clawhammer-style banjo player who played with Bard, Ray, and the Appalachian Folks Band. Mm. Spent a lot of time with her. So I have uh, gleaned a lot from uh, banjo players. So uh, this uh, tune was furnished to us by uh, Bill Schmidt, so I did want to mention that. And um, Thanks, Bill. If you're listening, Bill, <laughs> you know I love you. It's your so. fault. Yeah. yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> uh, very fun tune, four parts. Uh, I do have a bad habit of leaving out a uh, part every now and then, so... Um, Greg's very good about uh, giving me a look, but uh, continuing. <laughs> with, oh, thank you, Greg.
I give you an A, Cameron. Oh, thanks. <laughs> what a great tune. What a great tune. Mm. Thank you, Bill. Wagoner Hornpipe. Not to be confused with Texas Wagoner, mm. which is what I almost started learning. And then mm. I was like, what was the title again? Yeah. Very awesome tune. What is the defi- definition of a hornpipe? It's a dance. Well, a hornpipe is a yes, dance, Ira yeah. Burns. Does it have something to do with a, a hornpipe? It's a dance. It's a, actually slower. And uh, if, if you've ever seen Ira dance, he does the best hornpipe dancing that I've but ever I don't, seen. But I don't think that would be a particularly a one that he would dance to. Right. No, no. He'd slow yeah. it down. Yeah. Interesting. It's a very, you know, they're typically nogi tunes. Yeah. And, and the dance is very rhythmic. In, and in this context, they're played way too fast. But, <laughs> um, but when you have a dancer, it's then you, you sort of understand right. the hornpipe. I could definitely imagine dancing to like kind of a spinning thing and then throw your hands up in the air for that part. Yeah, It's got a lot of fun little sort of instructive things in it. That's like, I feel like the best dance tunes. They have a little musical moment that... Would be reflected really specifically in the in the dance. Mm-hmm. I could see a lot in there if it was if it was played a little slower. Yes. Well, I, I love that tune because it it uses so much of the fiddle. You know, you're down on the low string, then you're yeah. way up on the high string, then back down on the low string. So it really a, it's a it's a stretching kind of a tune for Ek, a player. Eck likes to does that do, to do that, doesn't he? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Very, he is a stre- stretching kind of a guy. Yeah. So uh, Greg, I wanted to ask you so a lot of a lot of times old time guitarists. You know, sometimes they're like specifically old-time guitarists, but a lot of times they're like, yeah, I, I just sort of flirt with a lot of genres because I'm a guitar player and I can like hang with any, you know, any group. I was wondering, how did you get into playing old-time music? Did you marry into it or were you playing it before you met Palmer or how did that work? Um, well, I, I was playing bluegrass. Yeah. Um, so are you a flat picker then? Um, I, I did some flat picking, but I, I was... Uh, I got into you know some serious uh, you know idol worship with Doc Watson, oh, yeah. Clarence White, um, and and Tony Rice, and you know the yeah, you know, <laughs> um, you know that, and and you listen to someone like um, like a Clarence White talk about it, you know you'd you'd listen to him and say oh my God what a great flat picker, and you'd hear like an interview and he'd say well yeah I, I can flat pick but I I hold my backup guitar playing up next to anyone and I'll you know you know that's what I'm proud of stuff cool and that had a profound effect on me and that you know I don't I'm not I try not to be a you know you know and and in old time music you know the guitar is not look at me I'm the leader sure sure. and and um you know it's really backing up the the fiddle and the banjo and and uh but on the other hand holding the band together yeah and and uh and in this context this is perfect um a lot of my style was driven in a, a trio, um, or uh, evolved from a trio where there's no bass player. So I have to play the bass, basic effectively. Yes. Yes. And you know when I when we you know we were talking about Tom Schaefer earlier, um, when he joined the band, it's like oh my god! For me, it was like I'm free. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I I could just enjoy the rhythm yeah. more and let the bass uh, go to him, and. Um, but uh, as you said, though, you know, there are all sorts of genres. I, I started, you know, you know, again, getting back to the Philadelphia, the folk festival, folk music. Uh, you know, I was a, 
you know, and as a young boy playing folk songs, and you know, yeah. yes, I played Puff the Magic Dragon and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Freight Train and Finger Picked, you know, and 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 uh, a lot of that is still there. So, uh, did, did your folks raise you on that, or is that? I guess that no. was sort of the popular. That was the thing. Yeah, just playing these old. My sister, my older sister. Uh, I remember she had the Joan Baez songbook. Yeah, and uh, just you know, she played guitar, and it's like. Oh, I have to learn. When she wasn't around, I'd pick up her guitar. Yeah. You know, it was, <laughs> I love uh, it. <laughs> so it was, uh, uh, so, you know, I, I, she was surprised that I, you know, attribute you know, my first exposure to guitar from, from her. So, um, but uh, that was way back when, just growing yeah. up. My parents, you know, they always listened to music, but they never played anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was always a musical, there was always some sort of music going on well i think that's like a thing that's often overlooked is you know people say i don't have any musical talent and this is like a weird thing to say but i think that it it kind of takes talent and uh to spend you have to nurture musical appreciation some people don't know how to like music Mm -hmm. and like you know i mean my parents they didn't you know they sang in church and stuff you know and uh they had taken lessons and stuff, but they played music all the time. And it's not necessarily music that I listen to anymore. But when I really think about it, it's like, there's music on all the time. And they would talk about how it made them feel Mm -hmm. all the time. And they would talk about how the music they didn't like make them feel. And, you know, and I would come to, you know, rebel against that (laughs) later in, you know, and as you do. But ultimately, I feel like, yeah, they like really... Growing up in a musical household doesn't have to mean you have a family band, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to yeah, be taught to appreciate it and to like it. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people aren't. And it's sort of a gift, you know. Mm-hmm. So thanks, yeah. <laughs> Greg, Greg's parents for playing music around the house. There's uh, so many fantastic old time guitar players um, who just like in this area, mm-hmm. just like you and... Kelly and Alan and um, Tom Schaefer is a fantastic He's old fantastic. every every time he play, pulls out the guitar at uh, I mean I love his fiddling too but every time he pulls out the guitar at the the West Philly Jam it's just like man he's just just holds it down and it's I you don't I, you really need to you know it's so important to have yeah. a very good guitar in yeah. a very good jam. Yes. I mean, you could have, you can have the you know you know five really great fiddlers and you know three really great banjo players, but if you, if you don't have that guitar that's you know steady and um, you know one thing that I was thinking that Greg would say, but he didn't say, is that you know he always he he feels that the guitar needs to reflect you know the energy that the that the that the fiddle has. It has yes. to have that same you know same kind of intensity. So yeah, you, you know if you have a more jams. if you have a more you know laid back fiddler then you can have a little more laid-back guitar i mean if you have you know an intense you know fiddle tune that's just marching all over the place and the guitar should reflect that yeah. and, and a lot say, of people think the fiddler's sweating the guitar player should be yes sweating. certainly yeah that's the way i look at it mm-hmm. yeah i always thought that i could Not play guitar sweats or yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think you're a sweaty guitar player <laughs> i i always thought that i was a guitar player until i tried to like play some old time guitar and then I was like oh I'm gonna have to like actually spend some time on this if I want to do this seriously like mm-hmm. this isn't some like singer songwriter coffee shop stuff this is like it's a workout mm-hmm. it's a lot of work um 
just the just a lot of movement and you have to work so hard so much harder with your left hand just physically to push it all down and to like keep that runaway train have on it the sound track. sweet mm-hmm. so i love your guitar playing this is a treat to play with well, you thank man you. Thank yeah you. um let's horseshoe man where'd you where'd you find this tune well this is a, a wonderful tune from the stripling brothers and um uh the recording of it is so organic and 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 fun um uh, they have a, a crazy way of, uh, you know, their their approach to it is that, you, you know, you play the first half of the tune maybe four times, maybe five times, and then you go to the second half of the tune only once, and then you go back to that, that first part. Um, what I tried to do with it was uh, to, to <clears throat> sort of solidify something for myself. Yes. And, um, and then be, so I could, you know, share it with Greg and then ultimately share it with uh, Paul and, our, you know, our band and, and, and so and also with you. So that's why I said, well, let's do this first half of the tune two times and then we'll go to the second half of the tune two times. So yeah. if it sounds, you know, a little bit different than the way the Stripling brothers did it, uh, there was a reason. I, I'm not I don't really like to count. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of want to turn off counting and and, yeah. uh, and just feel the feel the tune for what it is. Well, so. I, thought, I think it sounds very natural. The way you put it together. So, thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. As it's probably, and that's saying something because it's a weird tune. It's a very <laughs> weird tune, and I have to say, of the things that we're doing today, it's probably the newest one or the freshest one. So, uh, I'm con- conscious of fresh that. tunes. Fresh. It's very fresh. Uh, horseshoe bed. Okay. Thank you. 
That's a really fun tune. Let's get to uh, A real quick so we can play Hell of Coal Holler. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and this is a tune from the playing of Ed Haley. Uh, wonderful, wonderful fiddle player. Very, very invented, very um, virtuosic. Yeah. Great versions of what he did to different tunes was just insane. Uh, you know, great. And probably the hardest to decipher recordings. I know. It, it, I know. We actually, <laughs> we bought the uh, uh, the recordings at, at um, Clifftop, and uh, we're really looking forward to listening to them on the way home. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. a long journey, and um, so we put them on, uh-huh. and we had our five little kids in the car, and they just started beating up on each other. <laughs> So I think we said that's it. Something else coming along, you know. But that and that is really true. We had to just save it till we got home because they just did not whatever was going on the scritch scratch and the you know. Yeah, what is that? I've heard that in all of his recordings. Well, it's, it's a, I think it's just the cylinders that they were recorded just, on, which is yeah, yeah it's not, an a rhythmic on its yeah. own thing. Just aluminum <laughs> <laughs> And we had a very good friend. Uh, who is, has passed away, but she said when she put the recordings on in her home, her cat started going at it. <laughs> <laughs> they started just going at it. Oh, that cracked me up. And then I realized that our kids had beat up on each other on the way home. So, Well, I guess I had a kind of similar experience. I started putting it on to learn it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have... Palmer play it for me. <laughs> <laughs> <In person. laughs> I told you that's one of the better better ones to better ones to get, you know. Uh, Alright, let's get to A real quick and then we'll play that hill up coal holler. And actually uh, I am playing this on a standard fiddle, so I'm not I'm getting I'm not in a cross key tune. I oh, just wanted to say that. Yeah.
Nice job, Cameron. Nice job, you guys. Nice job. What a great tune. Hell up, Cole Holler. Yeah. I don't... Is that like a mine explosion or something? What is that supposed to be about? <laughs> I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, there is a hell up coal holler in the key of C, which is completely different. Interesting. Um, not, not the same animal. Not the same tune at all. Yeah, I always wonder. It's like, are these titles, are they just so intuitive to the era that they that people come up with them separately? Or are they, or is someone just like, they stole that tune title? Like, you know, yeah, it can be an instance where, uh, at least in the instance of like a Kenny Baker tune, uh, Denver Bell really didn't, He it was a tune that his dad played and yeah. uh, didn't really have a name, and then he named it that, and then J.P. Fraley played it, and then so it's just that same oral tradition where yeah. it's just heard and said and traveled from one place to the next and shared, and, and that's what happened. So. Yeah. But then also that, was it the Kenny Baker... Got it from J.P. Fraley or J.P. Fraley, that, that first tune, or the second oh, tune? Oh, the second tune, the second Sail Away tune. Ladies? Yeah. I, 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 really, I really don't know, because uh, J.P. Fraley's Sail Away Ladies is different, but he plays a, a tune, you know, similar to that Kenny Baker tune with a different title. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> right. you know, I, you don't know what happened. I can only guess that, you know, I think it's so similar. J.P., his Sail Away Ladies is so, you know, has his trademark. Yeah, it's probably yes. his trademark tune that he already knew that when he heard Kenny Baker. So right. he had to come up with a different name for right. his version of the same tune. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's my guess. But he, he learned a lot from Kenny Baker. He did. He, he listened to Kenny Baker and he listened to Ed Haley, too. That yep. Was, yep. Those were influences for him. Yeah. Yep. You got to hang out with J.P. Fraley? Yes, I did. To play music with him? How... Is he still alive? No, no. He, he passed some years ago. Um, I had the pleasure of playing one of his waltzes for him when he uh, uh, came to Clifftop. His daughter hmm. uh, brought him there so he could see Danielle. see people. And how yeah, old was he? Oh, geez, I I, I don't know. He had had uh, a number of strokes, so he yeah. was in a wheelchair and he was pretty incapacitated. But he knew. Yeah, he, there was there was recognition there. I mean, he, yeah. he knew. We we played Anna Dean's waltz for him and it was very it's really special, special yep. very yeah. special moment yeah and and you know um yeah I, I the kindness that he showed to me as a new player you yes. know when i knew maybe seven tunes that's it and he just said you know you you've got it you yeah. just definitely have it and just keep whatever you're doing it's is right um yeah, it was it was a magical time, and he spent a lot of time with right. Greg well, and I, go, and at our campsite. He would it was show crazy. up at Fiddler, Fiddler's Grove at the time was like the first festival of yeah. the year, so he would be working all winter, and then you know, so he'd have to, and he's JP Fraley, so he's got to be on. You yeah, know? yeah. So, so he <laughs> would come. He, right. So he, he would come to Fiddler's Grove like a week before, and and these young people found out sort of you know they had these what they call them they were workshops they were like JP little workshops would come yeah. and here it was really just to get them warmed up so that when the festival would come they're hot yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and <laughs> so uh and, and he, showed, he didn't he show up spending. typically until wednesday yeah he was right. a wednesday and guy would come separately and, and, and yeah. uh, he came on when he came on wednesday and but, we fed uh, him peanut butter and jelly sandwiches but he'd come and, and spend the whole day you know yeah he'd just sit with us and play play all day long so that was fun all right so now awesome. we're doing this awesome waltz correct yeah i gotta get into d though it shouldn't take oh, you gonna very tune tune yeah, yeah. Okay. thanks for waiting for the banjo player so uh yes 
This is the last tune of the episode proper, and then uh, we'll decide what we want to do for our bonus track uh, okay. pretty soon. But um, thank you so much for being on on the show, and it was just really lovely playing with you. Thank um, you. It's cool to like jump in to like your guys' chemistry mm-hmm. um, in this yeah in this holistic setting, but especially musically to play music with. I never gotten to play music with just the two of you before, so it's really nice. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, uh, I met you, I think it was 2014, Clifftop, because I gave, gave a, a ride, ride to, to your son's yes, friend. That was <laughs> right, so right. great. What a great! Yeah, that was so awesome. We actually met before that, but at the uh, Green Line. Yes, yes, we did meet at the Green Line. Uh, I think I, I got to know you a little more, and yeah. uh, I uh, that was a that was my that first. You clip. camped at our campsite. Yes, and I camped really? at your campsite. Yeah. That was my first Clifftop. I, I didn't know anyone. You guys were the Closest I had to any family or friends, and you were very welcoming to me and friend me. Yeah. Fried green tomatoes, and yeah, that was. Yeah, <laughs> well, what I remember is that you kind of wandered off. We, you know, we had. You've heard of easy up, you know, things like that. Well, we have a, a hard up tarp. You know, that yeah. would take an hour to put it up. So we put it up, and like you were, you know, set, you set up your tent, and you were like five Go minutes on. later, you're you, you know, like you're out of here. So. Probably twenty minutes or I don't know half an hour later, you come back and say, "Hey, would you mind if you know we?" He's got Bertram Levy in in tow, and we had never met him. And Paul, our banjo player, is there, and Paul almost fell over. This is like his childhood <laughs> hero. Uh, Cameron had you know just brought in and said, "Oh, here, you know Bertram," and uh, it was quite an, an experience. So it was uh, so it was a very mutual. Or a synergistic uh, <laughs> 2014, I think. I yeah, up. definitely. I just I just released his episode that I recorded, so oh, you, should, you should definitely check that out. It's, okay. it's a real hoot. Ban- banjo duets, if you're into that. <laughs> <laughs> did, did he yeah. play the fiddle for you? Uh, uh, not on the show, but we got to play fiddle a little bit uh, at Clifftop. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a really, really cool guy. But um, thank you for... Mm-hmm. Uh, Introducing me to my first cliff top and being so hospitable, oh, and uh, that's good. Um, I had many, many three in the morning conversations with you after mm-hmm. glasses of wine, where you would just reminisce about uh, <laughs> days of yore and days of now, and days was, of now. Yeah. And it was really, really nice and really set. Yeah, I'm never going to miss a year. Oh, <laughs> that okay, was a good. great first experience. So, that's good. yeah. Right. Uh, so this is a this is a beautiful waltz written by. Um, our friend Jim Childress of Charlottesville, Virginia, who's a, a really a wonderful tunesmith. And I have to say, and I have to admit that I'm really not, I'm not one to learn a lot of uh, modern tunes, only because it's not, you know, I just feel like there are so many uh, in the repertoire that I do want to go after. And um, But this is one that I really wanted to, to It made do. it through. <laughs> it, 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 really, it really just spoke to me. And... Um, I knew that I would be playing for uh, uh, the wedding of my niece, and it just, uh, and it's my brother's daughter, and for, for him and for her, I just, I really wanted to learn it. Yeah. So um, I have asked Jim's permission, because I think that's extremely important, and um, uh, we've enjoyed uh, learning a, another waltz of his and playing it all over the place as well. So um, I'm going to send this one out to Jim and his family and uh, uh, just say how much we've enjoyed uh, learning it together. Um, 
I have not really taken any melody liberties with it, but I have taken some phrasing liberties mm-hmm. with it. So um, again, it's you know the color that you know I want to bring as a, a, a fiddler to something as, as special as this. So uh, let's go ahead and do it, and I'll count us in. One, two.
If you want to hear more of Palmer and Greg's music, they got a few shows coming up. They're playing at the Hootenanny at Camp Hill Village, Kimberton Hills in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. That's uh, this Saturday, July 8th with Pete Peterson and Kelly Allen. I'll make sure to include a link in this episode's description and Facebook post. They're also playing for the Family Flatfoot Night at Clifftop with uh, Paul Sidlick and Matt Clark as run-of-the-mill string band with special guests Carolee Rand and Bob McCluskey. That's Wednesday night, August 2nd. Then, run-of-the-mill string band is playing the following night, Thursday, August 3rd, uh, for the square dance with callers Pete LaBerge and Taylor Runner. You can get run-of-the-mill string band's albums at runotmill.com. That's run letter O, letter T, mill.com. And I also want to recommend an album from their other band, Snow Hill Strings, called Babes in the Woods. Uh, that features former guest of the show, Gordon Arnold. Um, look for links on my website or in this episode's description on your app or on Facebook. Speaking of which, uh, make sure to like and follow Get Up in the Cool on Facebook. Give the show a five-star review on iTunes. And just to tell everyone you meet about it. Don't hide my light and all my guests' lights under your bushel. Get Up in the Cool has been getting a lot of heat on Banjo Hangout lately, which is awesome. If you're a part of some niche, intense online social network like Banjo Hangout, share an episode of the show that will get people to nerd out. I still get feedback from random concertina players on my episode with Jody Kreskel after he shared it on concertina.net. Just make sure to share a link directly from my website because, not to make a stereotype, but I know for a fact that a lot of those folks do not know what a podcast is. But the best way to let me know that you like the show and want me to keep making it is to support Get Up in the Cool on Patreon. Get Up in the Cool is free, but uh, not for me. And the only reason I'm still making it is because 29 people so far signed up to slip me some digital bills every time I release an episode. And uh, those people are rewarded according to their generosity, some with a simple shout out and thank you on the show, others with MP3 downloads of each episode's tunes. Uh, But our most popular level grants you access to Get Up in the Cool's weekly bonus track. Howard Langer, uh, one of my banjo students, just signed up at this level, so he'll get to hear Palmer and Greg and I play Blue River. Thanks for supporting the show, Howard. Uh, You're awesome. I'm also hoping to get some more folks to sign up for my monthly online banjo workshop. If you're interested in that, sign up now because I'm about to schedule the next one, and I want to pick a date that works for you. That's on Patreon, too. Just go to CameronDewitt.com and click the button that says Patreon, then sign up at a level that works for you. Also, links uh, included in the episode description, on Facebook, etc., on my website. Go find it. Thanks for listening, friends. That's all for now. Come back same time next week for more Get Up in the Cool. 